You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. of Southern Pride Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier where it's bustling. It's bustling out there on Halloween Eve, but still plenty of treats for you to swing by and pick up on this, the October 30th, the final day before Halloween 2020, Peterbrook Chocolates here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North can take great care of you. It is also the chocolate lady's birthday. We certainly want to send out warm wishes to her on this, the 26th anniversary of the chocolate lady turning 22. That's the best way I know how to put that one. Joined on the program, as always, by producer Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 minute boom. Woo! A sports talk radio. We talk about it being a busy Friday. That is certainly the case for young Jacob. We're going to have our program for you. We're going to have the Jay Barker program for you. Uh, we're going to have Ryan Fowler with the game. And then we're going to get into some Jacob Harrison and Kerry Clark, I guess, talk from six to nine. Do we have James Ludeman from nine to 10? And then. Jacob, we have Captain Ray with the scoreboard show. Is that the lay of the land for the rest of the day here on Tide 100.9? You absolutely nailed it. Got to close out this last week of high school football strong. Yeah, and it's a big one tonight over off Northridge Road, man. Rivalry matchup. City versus county. Always love it when that gets, uh, when those two get together. Uh, Tuscaloosa County High at Northridge. I'm told that game sold out in like 60 minutes. As you might expect, it did. Uh, should be, should be a good one, right? I mean, you're gonna have. Are you gonna have better football weather to this point of the season than what we're gonna have tonight? It, you'd be hard pressed to ask for better. And uh, oh. you know, when when two teams like to run the ball like the Wildcats and the Jags do, that makes it even better. How about Damian Taylor, that running back, Jacob, for Tuscaloosa County, the Troy commitment against that Northridge defense tonight? That ought to be a lot of fun, right? It should. Uh, both teams come in with a, with a good defense. Uh, I do like the Jags' defense just a tad bit more. Uh, they, they've been you know tested and weathered, so I'll, I'll take the Jags in the game overall, but it's going to be real fun to see those running backs light up the scoreboard. There you go, Jacob Harrison with a pick for our Jags. I'll say this about TCHS, though. Man, don't let that 2-7 and seven record for you. They are in the region of death in 7A when you talk about who – who the Wildcats see on pretty much a weekly basis in that sort of Birmingham-based region. It's tough, tough. I think it'll be a great football game tonight. You're certainly fortunate if you're among those who have a ducket, a ticket entry to the uh, county and Northridge affair this evening. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to check in with us. During the course of the program, you are more than welcome to do so. I'll tell you this. It was burger night around Casa de Ryer last night. I like to do the burgers. And with the weather doing what it did throughout the course of yesterday afternoon, absolutely had to fire that grill up. You know, we had a little bit of a conflict. 
you know, the chocolate lady, she likes the lean burger, the lean ground beef, right? So she's got the 93% lean, but then I come with the 80-20. Usually I won't fire the grill up if it's not for 80-20 ground beef, all right? I like the fat. That's where the flavor comes from. That's where the character of the burger comes from. She, of course, is thinking more along health and, and health, being health conscious, which I can appreciate that. So what I did was I took the 90, I kind of, I, I, like you do in marriage, like you do in any healthy marriage, happy marriage, you compromise. And so what I did was I took the 93.7 and I uh, sort of blended it with the 80-20. And then everybody was happy. The burgers were great. Did a little grilled sweet onions too. Do you like grilled onions on your burger, Jacob? You an onion guy? Huge grilled onion guy. Saute the mushrooms too. Let's go. Oh, dude. Yeah. I put those babies in a little aluminum foil-like boat on the grill to the side of the burgers, you know? Just a little olive oil. I I didn't go with just a straight-out butter. If it was just me, you know, a guy will just butter those things up, you know, just straight butter them. But with the wife, I did the uh, extra version olive oil, uh, peppered them up real good, you know, got those things just right, threw those on that burger. Just a good American cheese slice or two on there. That's all you need. And I found these vine-ripe tomatoes at the Publix, and they were outstanding. By the way, the tomatoes aren't exactly cheap these days, are they? No, they're not. But it was worth it. The the fresh sliced uh, vine ripe tomato on there with the four pickles, the hamburger dill pickles, you know, those grilled onions, a little American cheese on top there. Ooh. Brioche bun that I was able to find from the, the bakery section at the, uh, at the Publix. Good stuff, man. It was a good burger night. We'll have to see what birthday night holds for tonight. I've got a dinner reservation for the chocolate lady, but with it being Halloween, and her being in the chocolate business, she's up to her elbows in it, which is a great thing. No complaints. Thankful. Very thankful for that. So let's get into some college football talk while we're here, too. You did have the NFL last night, by the way. How about the Atlanta Falcons hanging on for a change? Good to see. Julio Jones doing it up big. They asked Julio post game if he thought he was the best receiver in football right now, and he said absolutely. Who's going to argue with Julio Jones? He had 137 receiving yards last night. And now he and Randy Moss are one of are two of three receivers in NFL history with 35 career games with 125 yards or more receiving in a contest. Randy Moss and Julio Jones, they are tied for second now, and they are behind only the GOAT at this point. That of course being Jerry Rice. So Julio showing out. Didn't see Calvin Ridley last night. Has that ankle injury. But the Falcons still got it done on the road against those Carolina Panthers. Now, as far as college football goes, a lot of Alabama-Mississippi State talk on the program for you. A lot of SEC talk on the program for you today. We'll be joined by Charlie Potter coming up in about 12 minutes. And we'll continue to preview Alabama-Mississippi State. I've got some calls. I've got some predictions for the game tomorrow night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. You can find those right now, as a matter of fact, at BamaOnline.com. But we'll go through them here on the program as well. Uh, We'll get Pops' picks coming up later in the show, too. By the way, Jacob, Pops is on that burner phone today. So uh, we'll have to hit him up Hugh Freestyle, if you know what I'm saying. He's on that track phone. I don't know where he's at. Who knows what we're going to get from Pops. Yeah, he's on the burner. So we'll have to uh, try to connect with him later in the show. And you know what else you've got for Alabama football this weekend? What is it about commitments in Alabama football on weekends? It seems like it's been this way through the entire cycle. Not that Nick Saban and his staff are complaining, because right now they sit there with the number one class for 2021 in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. But Sage Ryan, a five-star safety from Lafayette, Louisiana, A lot of folks thought he was going to go right up until maybe the early signing date before making a decision. Well, he has pushed that announcement up to tomorrow, which, as we know, is addition to Halloween, is also Nick Saban's 
birthday. So we talked about yesterday on the program some birthday ideas, birthday gift ideas for Nick Saban. I'd say a five-star safety, especially one from Louisiana, brings back some memories of Landon Collins, doesn't it? I'd say Sage Ryan would qualify as a as suitable gift for Nick Saban. Sage Ryan tomorrow around midday expected to choose between Alabama, home state, LSU, and Clemson. It looks like it's Alabama or Clemson. In fact, you're seeing the crystal ball trend there on 247sports.com move heavily towards Alabama, which is a surprise if it happens because in Sage Ryan, we're talking about a guy who is the nephew of former LSU great and current LSU assistant coach Kevin Falk. He's the nephew a former LSU linebacker, Trev Falk. So there's a lot of a lot of interest in how this is sort of playing out here down the stretch because for so long it was pretty much a given with the ties that Sage Ryan was a sure thing for the LSU Tigers. Now it doesn't appear as if that is so much the case. We'll see for sure tomorrow. I don't think anything would surprise me when it comes to an LSU-Alabama battle, but we've seen Alabama go into the Pelican State in the past and pull some big-name dudes out of there. Landon Collins, Eddie Lacy. You can pretty much go down the list. And Alabama football under Nick Saban, even before Nick Saban, been heavily impacted by outstanding talent from the state of Louisiana. 205-342-9904. So who wants to get into maybe a few predictions for this Alabama-Mississippi State game tomorrow night. Um, and as far as we know, Mississippi State hadn't lost any more players to the transfer portal since yesterday. We have seen in college football, though, Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, even Desmond Howard of College Game Day, testing positive for COVID-19 here in the last 24 hours or so. Trevor Lawrence is going to be interesting, not so much with Boston College on tap this weekend for Clemson, but certainly next weekend, the road game at Notre Dame is going to be heavily anticipated. Um, and then Dez, you know, Dez announces via Twitter that, you know, he's positive and has had some, I guess, some, some symptoms, and he'll actually be doing his part for college game day tomorrow from home. But uh, as far as we know for Mississippi State, no more departures in the last, I don't know, 30 minutes or so in year one under Mike Leach. Alabama, you heard Nick Saban right here on Hey Coach last night on Tide 100.9 FM, sounded about status quo when you consider the health of this Alabama football team right now. Of course, Jalen Waddell, the big news here in the last week with that ankle injury against Tennessee. We'll talk more about the health status of this team with Charlie Potter coming up in just a little bit. But as for some predictions, as Alabama looks to take this win streak against Mississippi State to 13 games, interesting that if it happens, that win streak still won't be as long as the one Alabama has against Tennessee. If you're Mississippi State, you can say, hey, at least we're not Tennessee. It's not 14 if it goes to 13, like we most uh, are anticipating it will uh, in, in probably pretty easy fashion for Alabama. But here's a prediction for you. I think the Alabama defense tomorrow night will see more of Will Rogers at quarterback for state than K.J. Costello, which is crazy, I know, because we're talking about just a month ago, Costello passing for an SEC record 623 yards against LSU. Uh, ever since then, though, it's just been a sort of turnover fest for the Stanford transfer. Um, he's thrown one touchdown pass in his last three games. He's averaged less than uh, five yards per pass attempt in losses to Arkansas, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. Eight interceptions to go with that. And so you saw more before the bye week of Will Rogers later in that loss to Texas A&M and looked pretty good. 15 of 18, 120 yards, had State's long touchdown pass in the game. That went to Malik Heath there in the fourth quarter. So I think at this point, and again, as I've talked about throughout the week, just some of the body language and some of the, some of the, I don't want to call it, 
I don't want to call it outright quitting, but it, it was just it, it was tough to watch uh, the 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 Mississippi State offense and, and just how it it, it sort of uh, presented itself in in some instances in that game against A and M. I think you ride the morsel of positive positivity that you went into the open date with with uh, Rogers and probably see more of him tomorrow night than KJ Costello for the second straight game. The Crimson Tide will produce a non-offensive touchdown. Last week, of course, it was Malachi Moore with the strip recovery and score against Tennessee. And I think it happens in back-to-back games for Alabama for the first time since last year. Alabama did it in five straight games last season. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU. And it was Alabama's punt return team that produced scores in three of those five games. And so... When you hear that, you think, well, it's not going to come from the punt return team this week because Jalen Waddle's out. Well, in two of those three games last year, it was actually blocked punts that went for touchdowns. I think Alabama, if it comes after the punter tomorrow night, has a chance to get there. A&M blocked a punt against Mississippi State in that game two Saturdays ago. So the potential certainly on the defensive side of the ball is there for a score because we're talking about a state offense that's turned it over 16 times in four games. Uh, So Alabama defensively has shown you a little bit this year, Daniel Wright, Malachi Moore, and certainly in the past that when it takes the ball away, uh, typically the opportunity to score presents itself immediately. So we'll go with that one. We'll go with Alabama with a non-offensive touchdown for a second straight week. I also think Alabama will amass 500-plus yards of total offense for the fifth straight game. Um, We got into this a little bit yesterday, too, just sort of talking about the numbers for this Alabama offense through five games, especially when you consider it is an SEC-only schedule. Uh, And as great as the 2019 and 2018 offenses were, 2018 Alabama and SEC play averaged 508 yards per game and 45 points per game. What we're seeing through five games with this offense is 566 yards of total offense per game and a little more than 48 points per game. So just an amazing stretch, especially when you consider the first round picks, not just NFL draft picks that Alabama lost from a year ago, from last year's team. But Tua Tagovailoa going to make his NFL debut as a starting quarterback this week. Jedrick Wills has been outstanding as a left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, of course, the wide receiver duo, Henry Ruggs III, Jerry Judy. You lose those guys, and your numbers in SEC only play this year are better than what they were either of the last two years when you had all those guys. So, again, it really speaks to the performance of Mac Jones, uh, Najee Harris. You know, his average of 119 per game on the ground is 20 yards ahead of where he was a year ago. Now, the question is going to be, of course, is this sustainable sans waddle? Well, you know, we're going to find out more about that in the coming weeks. And I know a lot of people are pointing to tomorrow night because on paper you look at Mississippi State and you see a defense that ranks first in the SEC. Um, State has allowed more than 400 yards just once this season. That was against LSU in the opener. But, you know, the thing about grading or evaluating defenses in this league against every other offense other than Alabama's is that it's really an exercise in futility because, you know, Georgia coming in here hadn't given up more than, I want to say, 300 yards in a game. And we saw Alabama go for 564 against the dogs. So I think the 500 yards of total offense train continues to five straight uh, on Saturday night. And the potential very much there, even with LSU coming up after the bye week, for it to go to six straight games, which is something that 2018 offense did in SEC play as well. Going to step aside for a first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter, speaking of Alabama football, Alabama, Mississippi State tomorrow night. We'll get into some of that with Charlie and a whole lot more when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier returns on a football Friday on side 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company. 
the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama football is putting the finishing touches on game week preparations for Mississippi State. Head coach Nick Saban stressed that he wants his players to choose energy this week. Well, I really think it's important, you know, this time of year to, for players uh, to choose energy. Uh, and then I think when you choose energy, your feelings follow. Uh, when I think you put your feelings first, I don't think there's any football players in the country, anywhere, in any league, uh, that when you get halfway through the season and you've had, you know, five difficult games against good opponents, um, that people feel great. So if you put your feelings first, uh, then your energy level is not going to be what it needs to be for you to practice and prepare and to improve and do things like you need to do it. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got you covered for Alabama football against Mississippi State on Saturday evening. Our radio coverage across the network will begin at 3 p.m. Central, leading you right up to kickoff at 6 p.m. The Crimson Tide are the second-ranked team in the country and 5-0 this year, while Mississippi State is 1-3 with a trio of losses in a row. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 65. Clear tonight, the low 47. For the weekend, mostly sunny weather continues tomorrow and Sunday. Highs between 70 and 73. Much cooler Monday, sunny with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon on the eve of Halloween 2020. Top five selling Halloween candies, not named Peter Brook, by the way. Um, no real surprises here. Counting them down from five to one in the five hole, you've got Snickers. Number four, you've got Butterfinger. Number three is Kit Kat. Number two, a little bit of a surprise to me. I guess some of you folks are so nostalgic, though, and sentimental. Candy corn, number two. And number one, the goat of Halloween candy, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. What about it, Jacob Harrison? What do you think of that top five? Where, where do those sort of stack up for you? I kind of agree with that one. I mean, I, I mean, as far as selling, I mean, candy corn is like meh. Like I'll eat it, but it's not like the best thing in the world. But it's people, it's nostalgic. They they'll do it. Yeah. Uh, what about the Reese's peanut butter cups? Is it at the top of the list for you? Oh, number one, number one, yeah. and, and Kit Kat deserves to be at number three as well. Th- those are my two favorite candies. You can't go mm-hmm. wrong with them. Now, I'd probably go Snickers higher on that list because I like to take the Snickers and put them in the freezer. You know, the frozen Snickers are the way to go. Oh, I've got to give that a go. That sounds incredible. Absolutely. Well, the the great thing about doing that with Snickers and even M&Ms is that uh, they don't melt, you know, when you're trying to eat them as, as quick, maybe. We'll see. They usually don't last that long for me, though. Hey, let's ask Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, what he thinks of that list as we get into some Alabama 
talk with Charlie. What do you think, Charlie, as far as Halloween candies? How do those stack up for you there? Um, candy corn, I, I don't care for candy corn. I don't think real Americans do either. Um, <laughs> real Americans, wow. <laughs> I, I, think, Patriots, I think last year. Patriots um, don't do candy corn, Charlie? No, they don't. They don't. Um, <laughs> But last year, um, this is one of the things I missed about like in-person interviews and sitting around and, and wasting hours waiting on practice and Nick Saban is uh, a few of us on the beat there in the um, Naylor Stone media suite waiting on Nick Saban's press conference did like a draft of this. And uh, I think I, I went head and shoulders above. You know, My first pick was the Reese's Cup, as, as you said. You know, that's, that's pretty much the GOAT. And then for me, I really like Kit Kats. Um, I like Twix bars. I think an underrated candy is the Crunch Bar, especially when you get that snack size for uh, you know Halloween yeah. time. And, and I'm a I'm a big fan of like um, gummy worms. I'm not huge on like uh, super sour candies. So those trolley gummy worms that that's about where it's at for me. So I think that's where my my hierarchy would would go for Halloween candy. I would think beyond this top five, Skittles and maybe Starburst got to be top ten, don't they? They do, yeah. I guess I was just looking at what I think. Starburst is probably one of my favorite candies. I don't like Skittles so much because they stick to your teeth. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm I'm probably more now. I mean, I know that list is you know not indicative of this, but when it comes to just like candy and sweets, I'm more of like a like a chewy, fruity kind than more of a chocolate. Sometimes my sweet tooth isn't. I don't have a huge sweet tooth. Uh, I guess I just have opinions <laughs> when it comes to these, but uh, no Starburst. Yeah, that, that was a big omission on my part. That was one of my favorite candies growing up. Well, speaking of Halloween tomorrow night, we've got a pirate looking to crash a birthday party <laughs> at Bryant Denny Stadium. I guess you could say, um, Charlie. Let's start with this Alabama football team, specifically coming off the win up in Knoxville over Tennessee. Certainly the injury to Jalen Waddell has been the centerpiece news item and has continued to be throughout the week. But the emergence of Slade Bolden in the game against Tennessee obviously was a positive. Otherwise, looking at this team, Charlie, where does it kind of stack up from an injury standpoint? I know saying other than Jalen Waddell likely being out for the year or, or other things okay, um, you know, relative to that, is this team in pretty good shape? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, in the, the second half of the Tennessee game, we didn't really see Deontay Brown do much. And even there, you know, at the end of the first half, he, he dinged his shoulder, Nick Saban said, and, you know, asked about him Wednesday, and he said he's practiced every day, so he should be good. Um, you know, some more good news is that Ronald Williams, the junior college corner, uh, has been practicing for the last couple of weeks, and uh, he would have likely traveled to Tennessee uh, but he was sick, so uh, and that doesn't sound you know, COVID-related, but you never know in these these times. But that's another guy that's been out all year long, and someone that you know back on signing day we thought would be a, a factor, and, and maybe he is just with some of the issues they've had in the secondary. We'll see. Um, it doesn't sound like LeBron Ray is going to be able to play. Um, you know, Nick Saban is still kind of labeled him as, as very questionable. It sounds like they're just going to shut him down until after the bye week, which this sounds like this elbow injury is a little bit of a nagging one. So that, that's probably a good call. And then uh, I think the same would probably be for, for Carl Tucker, even though we saw him in some pictures and video at, at practice. So that's a, a questionable to be determined kind of thing there. So you know, for the most part, I think they are entering this healthy but the way that Nick Saban has talked both in uh, his press conferences and on his radio show you can tell that they're um, you know black and blue for some bruises and playing five straight SEC games about to make it a six so and this hasn't been um, you know a, a coast through the season it's been tough sledding just because of the competition and the physicality of the games so I think after this you know to see the bye week will be a welcome sight but just from a major and significant injury standpoint, they're they're doing pretty good. But you know, it's, it's tough to see a guy like Waddle go down, especially in the first play of the game. It, it completely changes the complex of how you cover the game, and it's unfortunate because he's just a joy to watch, and he's a he's a good kid overall. You mentioned it. SEC only competition is absolutely a grind, and you're on the the very back end of a six game stretch to open the season, and with that. Hearing Nick Saban this week and 
understanding that the, the bumps and bruises and, and the wear and tear uh, of six straight are, are in play right now. Have you gotten the sense that he's he's been a little more focused on the mindset of his team? We heard him talk about you know putting your 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 feelings first and and what can happen if you do that is is that the Nick Saban we're getting this week with the with the bye week on the horizon there yeah that's really been the last two weeks I mean coming off of that Georgia game you kind of got this sense that he was trying to get the players to avoid a letdown and, and they did that for the most part I thought even you know when you get a blow in the first game the first play of the game and losing Waddle they responded energy wise and didn't let that really affect them much. And I think you're wanting to get that to kind of carry over this week. Yeah, the, the message, he, he said it multiple times, that uh, the importance of choosing energy over your feelings. And um, you know, if they come out with, with good energy against this Mississippi State team, then they should you know coast to a win. If not, it's going to be difficult just because Mississippi State does so many things offensively and then defensively. I didn't think we'd be saying this at this point in the year, but they're – leading the SEC in several statistical categories. So, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it is mental. You know, they're going through some some physical things, and nothing big. You know, I guess when we just recap the entries, there's not just a a laundry list of things. But guys are, are, you know, dinged up. They've been playing six or five straight SEC games. They're going to play one more. And then you factor in, you had a a 40-day preseason when you tried to cram as many practices in as you possibly could. So at one point he made last night on the radio show is that it feels – much deeper into the season than it is. So uh, I, I think that they're starting to notice that a little bit and to, to really get that mental aspect up and to get guys to, to continue to buy in and, and focus on what they need to do has been paramount uh, at least the last couple of weeks. I think uh, defensively for Alabama, the preparation over the last couple of weeks since Ole Miss has probably been pretty seamless going from what Georgia does offensively to what Tennessee does. Uh, certainly some ties there between those programs, those head coaches, and even Nick Saban. But pretty much a wild card coming up tomorrow night here in Tuscaloosa with the Air Raid and Mike Leach. Um, a lot of talk this week about approaches and how you go about defending best the Air Raid. Uh, have you gotten any indication from Nick Saban about you know, what we could see from this Alabama defense. Uh, you know, I, I guess as much as anything, probably a lot of defensive backs out there tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably the best way to do it. I think he was asked on Monday uh, just the the comparisons or the differences in playing man versus zone. And you know, he really highlighted the, the positives of the playing zone against this offensive attack and uh you know nick saban in that secondary love to play man to man we see it you know more often than not so you know that would be a little bit of a change of pace but if it's worked the last three weeks for teams like arkansas and kentucky and, and texas a&m then then why not implement it uh you don't want to be on the lsu end of things but yeah i mean we've heard about brian branch we've heard about the safeties we've heard about basically every DB, you know, this week from Nick Saban. And his overwhelming sentiment is that they're making progress. They're playing better, but there's still work to be done. He really went in on the safeties last night um, on his radio show and uh, basically, you know, said that a lot of it come down, comes down to eye control. And his big pet peeve with the safeties is see a little, see a lot. And if you see a lot, you're not seeing anything at all. And uh, I think that's going to be really big in this offense just because there is a lot of eye candy. Um, there's a lot of things that they pay attention to, but they need to focus on the right things, read their keys. If they can do that, they can have success. But, you know, the, the safeties have been really inconsistent. Um, you know, we'll see what group we see out there. It sounds like Brian Branch, the true freshman, is going to continue to hold on to that money role. I think DeMarco Hellens might be dealing with some, you know, minor things injury-wise too. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a big game for that secondary. And, you will see if they implement that zone scheme uh, to try to combat it, but it's going to be a test for them and really the whole defense as well. So this Alabama offense, Sands Waddle, is sustainable in terms of what it's been doing because why, Charlie? Why can this? How can this offense keep up, maintain its record, sort of trending here? Uh, even without one of college football's top playmakers in the lineup? 
Well, I think your explosive plays are probably going to dip a little bit, that, but that's to be expected. I mean, Waddle's a guy that can take the top off of any defense. It doesn't matter which one it is. Put him out on the field, and, and he's going to be able to do it. And you, you can't really replace him and what he does. And we've seen Steve Sarkeesian really get him involved in a lot of ways. We've seen him line up in the backfield. Uh, yeah, they motion him around a lot to, to get him in favorable matchups against safeties and linebackers. And, um, you know, that's that's something that, you know, Slade Bolden played really well stepping in for Waddle, but he's not Jalen Waddle. And I think you just have to cater to what your players do well. And, and Nick Saban does that better than anybody. And uh, I think we saw that they can, um, you know, hold serve. They can stay afloat. This offense can. It's not the end of the world. I think everybody reacting to, oh, Alabama's, you know, their championship hopes are done because of Jalen Waddle. That's a that's a little far fetched. Um, I think if if we're gonna talk that route, you know, you look at the defensive side of the ball and what we just talked about with the secondary and the defense giving up explosive plays. That's gonna be. You know, the, the thing that, that does them in once they face teams like Ohio State or Clemson or maybe even Georgia again. But, um, you know, they have a guy in, in Slade Bolden that has got great chemistry with Mac Jones. They have a good relationship. I think we saw that really, how he was able to step in on the first play of the game and not really miss a beat. And then you need guys like Javon Baker and maybe a Treshawn Holden, maybe an Xavier Williams to step up. You need a fourth receiver, I think. Uh, to really, you know, make up for the the loss of Waddle, it's tough to do. Again, you're not going to have that guy that can just streak down the field and, and make a play uh, that's going to end up on Sports Center for the rest of the week. But um, I think they have the guys that can do it, and uh, I think the offense will be able to stay afloat because Mac Jones has been efficient, effective, and he can continue to hit guys like John Mechie down the field and get Devonte Smith involved, and then. You, you rely on that offensive line and that running game. It's a balanced offense. It loses one of its most explosive weapons, but I think its efficiency and its effectiveness is still going to be there. They're just going to need guys to step up. There you go. Charlie Potter, as always, a great job here with us on Southern Fried Sports. A great job always at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on the Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter, P O T. T-E-R. Enjoy the weekend, Charlie, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes. Charlie Potter does an outstanding job. If you haven't seen it earlier in the week, uh, Charlie did sort of his midway point accolades for Alabama football uh, on behalf of BamaOnline.com. Some good stuff there as well. Uh, Sort of a midway point MVP, offensive lineman, uh, of the halfway point of the season, stuff like that. Good stuff from Charlie Potter each and every day there at BamaOnline.com. Going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, the 2020-2021 bowl season schedule has been set. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Tom. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You know, with the COVID, you're a little hesitant. Speaking of Papa was a Rolling Stone, we'll have Pops coming up next. But you're a little hesitant to kind of look too far ahead. But we do have a 2020-21 bowl schedule. It has been set. Here's a new one for you. Montgomery, not going to host one bowl game, but two bowl games down in Montgomery. You're going to have the Montgomery Bowl on December the 23rd at Crampton Bowl there. That's going to be a 6 p.m. kickoff on either ESPN or ESPN2. And then, and sort of hearkening back to the old Blue-Gray game, All-Star game you used to have many, many years ago in Montgomery. Growing up, man, going over to Pops's on Christmas Day, we'd fire up that Blue-Gray game on Christmas Day morning. Well, you're going to have a Christmas Day Bowl in Montgomery this year, the Camilla Bowl, Camellia Bowl. It's going to be a 1.30 kickoff on ESPN. Elsewhere in the state of Alabama, you're still going to have your game in Birmingham. There at Legion Field. The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. That'll be 11 a.m. kickoff on New Year's Day. 
How about that? Birmingham Bowl is going to kick off New Year's Day for you this year with an 11 a.m. game. And then you're still going to have the uh, the game down in Mobile at Lad Peebles Stadium, the Lending Tree Bowl. That'll be the day after Christmas, and that will be a 2.30 Central afternoon kickoff on ESPN. We're going to get to Pops with his predictions in just a little bit. I've got a couple more for this Alabama-Mississippi State game tomorrow night. Uh, the fourth prediction of the five, I think an Alabama corner gets on the interception scoreboard for the first time this season. You know, Alabama with five interceptions on the season, two of them from Daniel Wright, two of them from Malachi Moore, the other from a defensive end, Justin Aboigby, called in that deflection of a Stetson Bennett pass against Georgia a couple Saturdays ago. So I think Josh Job and or Patrick Sertan second get on the board this week. It's not that they haven't been really productive and really effective because they have been, but when you do the math on Mississippi state, you know, throwing attempting 60 or more passes in three of its four games this year, this seems to be the week where an Alabama corner gets on the board. I think Alabama wins the game by a score of 48 to 13 running that win streak in the series to 13 in a row, you know, Alabama in the 12-game winning streak has surpassed 40 points in a game just once against State. That was a few years back, that 51-3 shellacking of Nick Fitzgerald and the dogs here in Tuscaloosa. I think they do it again, though, tomorrow night. We'll head to a break. We come back. Pops via burner on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 65, clear tonight below 47. For the weekend, mostly sunny weather continues tomorrow and Sunday, highs between 70 and 73. Much cooler Monday, sunny with a high at 59. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And today, today we celebrate the birthday of the founder of The Temptations, Mr. Otis Williams, born on this day in 1941. That's one Pops likes right there. Pops can listen to that one all day long. Isn't that right, Pops? Yeah, they're, they're terrific. Yeah. You ever see The Bring Temptations, back memory, Pops? Back... Did you ever see them? I can't hear you. Pops, did you ever see The Temptations back in the day? Did, did I ever what? See The Temptations in concert. I never saw them. I never saw them. But we had mm-hmm. a couple of bands here in Jacksonville. It would uh-huh. play at the women's club on Friday and Saturday night. Oh, the, the women's the club. The Lemon yeah. Twisters mm-hmm. were just drop dead. They were one of the bands. And they were they had imitate the Temptations. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we had some good times. They do a little Otis Redding and Sam Cooke for you, too? The Dock of the Bay. The Dock of the yeah. Bay. Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Pops loves that one. Yeah. Pops, you you know who else came through your town there in the late 60s? The Monkees with Jimi Hendrix opening. Did you go to that one, Pops? I did not go. And I didn't know Jimi Hendrix opened for him. Uh-huh. Because if he had it, if I didn't realize that, I would have gone. But I, yeah. the Monkees didn't do nothing for me. Yeah. Know? I could yeah. But Jimi Hendrix, he was killer. He was worth he was worth the price of admission himself. He was pretty good on that guitar, wasn't he? Yeah, he could do it. Mm. He could do it and hop all over that stage, too, man. That boy yeah. could play. He liked that guitar on fire, you know. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. 
Hey, Pops, we've got high school football weather up here tonight. I don't know what it's like down there. Oh, it's, it's beautiful, uh, uh, Travis. It, this morning it was in the 50s. It was terrific. Yeah. I We're don't think it's excited. supposed to get above 65 here today. Yeah. Oh, man, that's perfect, isn't it? Hey, Pops, and speaking of high school football, if you if you could go to one high school football game at any high school football stadium, where would you go? What's your favorite high school football stadium that you've been to? Well, yeah, I, I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but I enjoyed that, that Marist uh, trip we made up there in Atlanta. Yeah. That, that stadium was down in a hole behind the school. Mm-hmm. You know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. When I say a hole, it was felt like you were in a hole. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it was a beautiful school, a beautiful campus. And the, where the stadium was situated behind the school there, it, it was just perfect for a spectator. Yeah, the Marist I, school. I, I really what, enjoyed that, that trip. Pops is referring to the Marist School there in the Atlanta area. And uh, yeah. we were there. You know, Pops, that was almost 25 years ago now, that game. That's hard to Bowls believe. And Marist. It? That was a hell of a game. And oh, I tell you this, there were power five college football, football recruiters from from one end zone to Everywhere. the other. What? Yeah. Everywhere were there. It was unbelievable. Uh, what an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, Pops, I'm surprised you didn't say the backyard. You know, home home to your alma mater there at Robert E. Lee Senior well, in Jacksonville. Pops well, the backyard. What, it, Travis, it kills me. That that's that stadium kills me. It's so sad now. It's like playing at the corner lot down at, at the end of your street, you know. I know, Pops, it's, but in its heyday, Pops. I know, but it just, it just makes me sick when I think about it. I, I wish I had the money. I, I would donate just to put mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, that artificial turf in mm-hmm. so those kids could turf. have a decent field to play on. It's terrible. It's That's just terrible. You know, we saw Emmett Smith, you and I, as a high yep. school sophomore for oh, the yeah. Pensacola Scambia Gators there against Robert yep. E. Lee in a playoff game. I think that was, Pops, I think that was way back in 1983, Pops. Yeah, that was the early 80s. Hell of a yeah. game, wasn't it? Maybe the best high school yeah. game I've seen. Yeah, that was, mm. that was, and then, and I mean, the backyard is a great setting. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's very cozy and and tight and, and everything, but it, Travis, if you could see it, it's 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 just a sad, sad sight. It's literally in the backyard of oh, yeah. some neighboring houses. Literally, that's why well, they call when, it the. When, uh, when 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 my dad went to school there, he helped mm-hmm. build that stadium. Mm-hmm. The wow, I didn't know that. To pick up the same yeah, the students put the sod out, out of control. and well, everything on the was back, back in the 40s, you know? So while he's paying uh-huh. that much, she's uh-huh. paying this much. Stop paying So, Pops, we got to get into these college football the picks with you. Today. One and two last week for you. Lane let you down. Well, Florida State up. laid I'm an back. egg. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Florida State is who we thought they were. You did get home with Missouri over Kentucky, so that was your win yeah, last week. So let's get going with shot. LSU at Auburn tomorrow. LSU or Auburn? Which way are you going there? Oh, uh, man. I know Auburn won last week. They, they, I, I, but Nick's had a good game last week. Who knows? They're, where are they playing at, Travis? Playing on the Plains, Pops. Uh, I guess I'd have to go with Auburn. He's going Auburn there. What about Memphis at Cincinnati? I think that's a sneaky good game tomorrow night or tomorrow in the uh, the American Athletic Conference. Memphis at well, you know, Cincinnati. Your boy, your boy is doing a, a pretty good job yeah. with Memphis. R- R- uh, Ryan Silverfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, at Cincinnati. I'll, I'll go with Memphis, you know, because we've got a. Ryan Silverfield, Silverfield, the Bulls alum, Bulls school alum, like Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And your final pick, Texas at Oklahoma State. Sixth ranked Oklahoma State pops. You're going Longhorns well, and Cowboys in that one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Texas because I like Texas a hell of a lot more than I do Oklahoma State. And that is, uh, I think, directed at Mike Gundy. 
Yeah, well, not just Gundy. All the nincompoop that put all the money in Oklahoma State uh, is not a one of my boys. You know, <laughs> so to hell with Oklahoma State. Oh, pops. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's Friday, Pops. Relax, Pops. It's Friday. Yeah, I know, but I, I get upset when I think about it. <laughs> Pops not a big fan of T-Boom. Um, Pops, uh, as we let you out of here, we got Halloween tomorrow. What uh, What's your go-to Halloween candy? You know, when we were kids and we would bring it home, which of our candy <laughs> were you most likely to, to steal from us? Well, I just I just uh, told your bud there that she called me. Uh, I Take like a Tootsie yeah. Roll. I like a Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Nancy brought something home the other day, and I, I said, oh, my goodness. I hadn't seen those in a long time, you know? Yeah. Pops with that. That's going. Now, they come in the different flavors now, you know, the vanilla. No, and I, things I, like don't, that. I, know, I don't get all the flavors. I just like the chocolate. Just the chocolate. Now, do you put that yeah. in the refrigerator? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're Pops, good and chewy. Pop said, let yeah. me see the Tootsie Roll, he said. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? You know, Pops, it is your uh it's Locklear's birthday today. If you got any oh, wish birthday God. wishes to send her way. Yeah. Well, happy birthday, Locklear, that's for sure. Yeah. It's always because her name's Heather, he's always referred to her as Locklear, you know, as in Heather Locklear. So Heather's got about 17 <laughs> nicknames at this point. The Chocolate Lady, Locklear, you know. You yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of nicknames for Heather, but you got you got a lot of nicknames too, Pops, but we can't air them all, you know. <laughs> Nana's got quite a few. <laughs> they're colorful. We'll just say they're colorful. Colorful nicknames for Pops. <laughs> all right, Pops. Try to relax. Try to ease into this all weekend, right. all right? We'll talk to you next we'll week. We'll talk there to you all goes. later. Pops on that burner, you know, Bye. like Breaking Bad or something. Hey, uh, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Jacob for producing the show. The Lunch Whistle on this Friday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. If they've got that prime rib sandwich on the specials like they did yesterday, trust me, you need to make that happen. The prime rib sandwich, so many great options there for you. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, have a great football weekend, everybody. Yeah.